Absolutely. Um, first of all, this is all for um, Derek and Semiso really to actually develop the nest itself and to find Semiso. And we have a tip jar uh, on the top here. Here you can see the donate button with the frog emoji. So feel free absolutely to donate to the fundraiser, really. Um, let's get the nest as good as they can be. Um, yeah, in the meanwhile, um, I think Sleep is going to make a post so we have everybody in the audience chiming in and everybody know that the that the first first time last time slot is going on. But I'm really, really glad to have Imazin and Katie on. This is absolutely incredible. Hey, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Excited to have you guys. Uh, Mazin, um, if you like, uh, can you please like um, explain to us a little bit about relays um, for any of the, the the people down in the audience or anyone listening uh, to the recording, um, and they might not be um, uh, knowledgeable on what a relay uh, what a relay is. Um, can you can you please explain a little bit, Mazin? Thank you so much. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I'm definitely not a relay implementer, super genius or anything, but relays very basically are what store your notes and other stuff. Um, and basically, generally, they use some form of database structure with indexing. And uh, right now, the, the fastest implementation and the one that we've basically are using across all of our projects is uh, stir fry. And uh, thankfully, uh, Doug is the one who made it, uh, because I think Noster would really be struggling without him today. So I think I mean, that at a very basic level is all relays really do they accept requests from clients. And they respond uh, with events. And uh, when you send your events to them, they basically store them and later accept requests for that content. Did I miss anything, Katie? No, I don't think so. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so you guys run the the wine relay, and I am so thankful that I found it because it's been so good to have Pure Signal on the global feed. It's been amazing. Um, I'm a really, really happy customer. And I saw that, that, um, that I got this uh, reply from a bot. Um, got sent straight to my dms letting me know uh that my subscription um was almost over and it was very simple because it sent me an invoice and i was able to just pay it right there and then and it knew my mpub and everything it was amazing i love the way that you guys uh did that um but yeah i i just wanted to ask you what are your plans for um for the foreseeable future um with wine and um uh, the subscription model um if you could um chime in on that thank you Mas. Yeah. Sure. I'll, I want to clarify first because we have we get this question all the time, and we haven't moved Nostra.wine to a subscription. The only thing we've moved to a subscription is filter.nostra.wine. That's it. And the reason is because filter.nostra.wine is the aggregator and the broadcaster, and it is a lot heavier of an operation for us to run that required a lot of custom code that we implemented. Nostra.wine, a high performance regionally mirrored uh great paid relay but for now we don't have any plans to change anything about the fee structure of that it's still one time 
the only thing that we've added a subscription to is filter.nestor.wine. Um, but we actually have, I have a little bit, a few thoughts that for kind of this talk. And so we can kind of direct a little bit of this early stuff. And then when we run out of things to talk about, we'll let you guys uh, just bombard us with questions uh, about kind of whatever you want, if that's, if that works for everybody. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay, so I kind of wanted to start with like how I got to Noster. Um, I, of course, heard about it from Lightning and stuff, but I wanted to start a relay because basically we've always run, both Katie and I, uh, kind of like big applications at scale. Uh, and we like client-facing applications. That's kind of like what excites us. So a relay was opportunity to kind of pursue like a big data project at scale. Um, and we knew that eventually we could probably uh, add value there as well. But basically, I, I set up a public relay. That's the first thing I did um, using NoStream. So shout out to uh, Kamari for providing NoStream to the community. And, uh, you know, within a week, there was just an unbelievable amount of spam. And at the time, nobody had really uh, come up with many good ways to interact with spam control on a relay level. Uh, you'd have to basically write everything custom. There was no way to basically get a stream from the relay and decide what to do with that event. Uh, so spam was basically a non-starter for public relays in those early days. And I kind of knew there's not a sustainable model with running a public relay. You're, you're basically offering a public service. It's going to be a donation. And I think some people will do it. And I'm, I'm super thankful for them. But the incentives for us to run something sustainable made like a lot more sense. So when I found out we could move to a paid relay that addressed the spam problem and potentially made the operation something that I could run for the foreseeable future, that was that was the direction I went in right away. So I kind of set up Nostra.wine and Katie came along somewhere in the middle of that. I had kind of been chilling her Nostra for a little while and she's like not too big on social media. So she was kind of like, I don't really know what I need that for. But uh, once she kind of saw the experience that I was having, uh, notably on, on Domus, because that was I kind of got in with that February rush with everybody else when it hit the main app store. Uh, she kind of she understood what I saw and how easy it was to work with the protocol. And once she kind of got involved and got on Nestor.wine, and the, the domain was her idea, by the way. So uh, it, I think it's a really great domain. And we're drinking wine right now. Um, but once we, once we got that domain up and running, um, that kind of took us to, okay, now how do we get rid of the spam from all these big public relays? So I, I just did the, the obvious solution. I just removed them from my list. I, I only use paid relays and I got like 10, 12, 15. I basically paid for every paid relay that existed in the first like two weeks of that, uh, client, uh, the paid no stream implementation getting released. And I tried adding all those and removing all the public relays. But the problem was I still had a ton of missing content because there just are a lot of Noster users who aren't going to pay for relays. And worse than that, I thought was like, now my content's not even getting out to these users because a lot of them weren't even reading from the, the uh, paid relays either. So that kind of led us to creating filter which uh, really architecture of filter is is Katie's brainchild. So if you'd like, I'll let you kind of talk about 
you know, the origins of filter, how we put it together in kind of simple terms. And then, um, you know, we can start talking about the other advantages that emerge that we didn't really think of initially and then kind of our future plans. Yeah. So, I mean, filter, like you said, it really came from things that we were looking for in a product ourselves. Um, so the paid only relay solution for us was missing a lot of content. It was missing the broadcast feature. And so this idea of just being able to augment the global experience, but maintain kind of that rich public experience on threads and on mentions and on everything else. Um, so filter really was kind of an idea of just trying to augment that. Um, and there's a lot now that we've built it in terms of what we want to do with it in the future. Um, it, it's funny, we have a, a story where we, we we really did the augmenting of the global first. And I remember while working on it and while testing it, I kept saying, man, we really need broadcast, man, we really need broadcast. <laughs> but that wasn't a feature that we went out with first. And I think shortly after releasing it, somebody mentioned, hey, can we broadcast on here? And uh, we added that in that night because I just couldn't stand not having it. So, I mean, it really it's kind of a, um, a product that really came out of just us and our the things that we wanted with it. So in terms of where I kind of see it going um, and where I'd like it to be is really a tool that enables for a high level of user configurability. Um, with Auth, that actually allows for a lot more user configurability than we had with the parameter you know, style before, which was really clunky. So now we are, we're able to auth users and really we can maintain user level configurations. And so where filter should go or where I think we're gonna take it is really starting to allow for lower level configs. I know Mazin extended filter to allow for the true global now that we started to have some basic spam filtering. Um, but I think there's, there's even farther we can go. The way that I talk about it a lot is really when you think of like Apple in their focus modes. Um, the content that you want at any given time, it's not even just user level, it's user mood level or user activity level. If I'm working, I might want something different than in the evenings, or if I've had a stressful day, maybe my evening looks a little bit different and I want, you know, just to look at art and music or something a little bit more low key. So, you know, as a user, what I want in a feed really does look different from day to day or from moment to moment. And so long term, I'd like filter to be able to support that level of configurability without having to support necessarily multiple um, independent relays. So this gets into I know there's a question around machine learning and, and what we were going to do with machine learning. Um, right now, we've been focused a lot on the architecture of filter, the architecture of some of the other things that we've been building. Um, and the data engineering pipelines uh, to layer in machine learning that's really usable. Uh, we're going to need some really robust data pipelines. So that's really kind of we've been working on the foundations of a lot of this. But where we want to take it is enabling topic modeling and classifications of posts really at interest level. You know, this is about music, this is about art, or, or even, you know, a little bit more generic than that. But really labeling the data, enriching the data with labels, making that completely transparent, because I don't think that 
user configurability should come at the cost of you know censorship like we want to make sure that those labels and how we get to them is clear that there's feedback on those labels if they're ever wrong but really trying to create tools for user users to create their own experience um, so that's really the way filter set up is it's set up to be able to kind of grow and support more you know dynamic user configurability in the future yeah, so it, just like to give a couple examples, and she mentioned, you know, being in a um, maybe not as great of a mood and only wanting to see specific content, but you can get really granular with the filtering depending on how good the classification is. So, like one of the things I love the true global feed. Uh, I, I actually do really enjoy that the spam filtered one, obviously, when it's just all repetitive spam. That's not very good. And and the only spam filtering we do, just to be clear, is is the intense repetitive messaging that I think. There's pretty good consensus that nobody wants that right now. Um, but I love the the pure global feed, but my problem is there's too many bots and we're not doing any filtering with those because people like to interact with them and, and bots are a good thing for Noster, but I don't want my entire global feed to be like 80% bots, which is basically what it ends up being. Um, so bots can be labeled and classified as well. And so I could have a user configurable filter that is as simple as saying, I want the pure global, but remove the bots. Like that, That's something that I desperately want today that as far as I know, doesn't exist. Clients can offer some filtering uh, like this, but what we've found is actually the, the whole idea of smart clients and dumb relays isn't a one size fits all thing. We think smart relays have a huge place because if you only have dumb relays and you have smart clients, they still need to do a ton of like post-processing when they receive the data. Deduplication, they have to parse out things. If you wanna have filters on the client level, that's gonna slow down your clients. So having distributed, but high performance relays that do some of that work for you is a part, it shouldn't be the only thing, but it is a part of like a very healthy decentralized ecosystem, in our opinion, at least. So that's kind of the direction that we wanna go is, is continue expanding um, user user configurable we're basically calling them focus modes that's kind of our concept because we want each user to be able to have multiple um and then you know there's a bunch of other advantages that we didn't really have in mind when we started filter that kind of emerged and like one of one of the biggest ones people learn pretty quickly using noster on mobile is the bandwidth use can be insane and as you add more and more relays you, you basically just increase that over and over and over again because you're just adding way more duplicates and i used to think that like all this bandwidth usage is just image rendering and don't get me wrong a lot of it is but actually the amount of bandwidth that the relays use is pretty mind-blowing so if you think about the amount that your client is pulling from i've seen people you know with 70 80 100 relays uh it's it's unbearable amount of data that that most mobile uh, plans and speeds really can't, shouldn't be dealing with. Um, so bandwidth, less bandwidth use is a huge benefit that we got out of it and, and higher performance and faster response time um, with, with removing duplicates, basically. That's a huge part. And then something that we're pretty excited about, but we think is pretty underused right now in the protocols is we did implement search on filter as well. And uh, shout out to Arthur and his work on Nostra.band uh in nip 50 
because he basically did, as far as I know, he did almost all the work on that and, and made basically the only implementation for a very long time. And he, he basically carries the entire Amethyst search function on his back right now. So we, we added that to filter. So we want to support that for our um, customers. And we could add it to, to Nostra.wine. And we have kind of thought about that and talked about it. But the reality is Nostra.wine is it only has the content from its paid users. And filter has the aggregation. So the search is much more powerful on filter. And uh, we exposed it via a Kibana instance, which is basically just like a, a a website where you can explore Elasticsearch and it's search.noster.wine. And I don't really think very many people use it, but I use it every day. I think it's pretty cool. You can get pretty granular on your search of events. And we dropped a lot of the kind of sensitive stuff because we know you can get to it, but we don't really want to be the people that offer DM metadata to everybody and things like that. So we got we got rid of like a lot of events that we don't think are very valid for search, but all the kind ones and zeros and threes and zaps and everything in there uh, from at least like, I think it's been about a month that we've been aggregating from there as well. Anything else you have about filter? I don't think so. Okay, so I guess we'll take a pause there and say, like, does any do you guys or does anybody else have questions about a filter or future plans for filter before we move on to other topics? I think um, honestly, uh, what you just mentioned about search got me super excited uh, right there. And then I, I'm trying to comprehend exactly like like the, all the capabilities of what I could actually do with it. And um, something that um, came to mind was. I sometimes cannot find a specific note, right? So I would have to go over to Nasha.band and there I could see everything. Um, I was trying to remember right now if uh, if it would sort of be something like that when I could, could it be by date? Can I search by date uh, alone? Um, and Or is that something, am I thinking about something else? Yeah, you can search, uh, you can definitely search, you can make as, as I mean, pretty much as complicated a search as you want. Um, Kibana doesn't support quite as complex as everything as the backend does, but uh, absolutely, you can chain together as many uh, requirements as you want. So you could say, I want this ID uh, created at or uh, since this timestamp with this uh, additional content filter. You, you can add as many, uh, string together as many filters as you want. That's awesome. Uh, the relay implementation doesn't allow you to do all of that because that's not what's in the spec. The spec is basically just keyword search, but you can apply that keyword search to additional things like kinds or IDs and other filters. So um, it's not quite as granular as we can support on the web and through our API. We also offer the search through an API, uh, docs.noster.wine, if you're curious about that. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the relay implementation is a little bit uh less advanced just due to the structure of the spec but th th there will probably be improvements on that spec and we'll improve the relay implementation when those come that's awesome that's awesome as long as we have keywords no i'm, I'm super happy with that um but yeah that's uh yeah that's that's all i wanted uh to really yeah um i also have some questions coming in uh through nostra chat so i'll save those for later and then we can open up a live q a if you'd like Okay. Yeah. If there, if there are questions that are particularly relevant to stuff we just mentioned, you can feel free to ask them too, because it might be easier to 
to stay on the same topic. Uh, this one isn't uh, very, it's only, it's only about, uh, he's saying, what is an ideal amount of quality relays for the average user? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we could have saved that, but I'll answer just because it's quick. I, I don't, I don't have the answer actually. So that, that makes it really easy. Um, I use basically just our relays because it's easy for me to trust myself. It's not a big deal. That's not a setup that I generally recommend to other people because I think having a little diversity in your setup makes sense for a lot of reasons. Um, but I, I think the number is a lot less than some people think. Um, and, but it's, it's, it's ultimately up to you. If, if you're using Noster mostly on your desktop computer and you have unlimited bandwidth, and you want to use 100 relays and you your client experience is okay i say go for it um for me the number is below 10. that's where that that makes me feel like the client experience is fast and i'm not basically I, my experience this is the the only little extra tidbit i'll give you i don't have a perfect network view i think people like Nostra band and and blake and some of the stuff he's doing with Nostra graph they kind of have a better total network view because our goal was never to aggregate every relay on the network that's not we never wanted to do that so but i have a good view because we basically look at like the top 10 to 15 relays and i found once you get out of the top three or four it's almost all duplicates mm -hmm. so if you think if you're loading a hundred relays I mean, yeah, I, I'm not sure that you're advancing any purpose besides getting way more duplicates. So that, that's a short or way too long answer. The only thing I would add is that I do think we're going to see the emergence of a lot more specialized relays and community relays. And in those instances, there's just less of that issue of duplication. And so the, the answer today may not be the same as the answer in a month or two. Um, and depending on what types of relays you're, you're using, it, it may not be the same. So I think it's really about how much redundancy you're comfortable with and then access to any specialized content that, you know, may not be available on some of the public relays or bigger relays. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good, even better than what I said. So. Uh, yeah, that could change depending on like the, the specificity of relays, which I think is coming. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on, I think probably most people in here are aware of it. But one thing that having filter in the aggregator that powers it allowed us to do is make the welcome.noster.wine relay, which I'll be honest, I didn't know if that was going to work. It's I, I honestly made it one day on vacation. Katie's been giving me a lot of shit for it, actually, because she's like, why would you make this on vacation? But I did it and I I got super excited about it while I was working on it because there were so many. I don't, there was some boost that like two weeks of new users. Not We've had several of them on Nostra, but that was one of right when I released that relay. There was this like binge of new users coming in. Um, I think it was because of the Dogecoin thing on Twitter, actually. Um, <laughs> and having a relay where we could see those people coming in and talk to them right away, I think is making a difference. Uh, I, I, I know our retention is still probably not great, but one of, one of the things that's challenging about like a decentralized protocol where all the clients are going to be different and there's not going to be perfect like uniformity 
and it's not going to always look the same as what people are used to. It's it's really important to have people help you or to have really good onboarding process that that helps you out. So right now, until we've kind of perfected the onboarding, which is like very complicated, I don't think anybody has a good solution for that yet. I certainly don't. Uh, having a welcome relay that basically just isolates new users, uh, new user posts is is a very useful thing that we can can help people welcome people to the community. So there's a little benefit of filter that I definitely didn't have in mind when I built it, but I was like, hey, we have all this data now, we can actually track when it's the first time we've seen a new user. I don't know if I cut off there at the end, but uh, anyway, um, the the other thing that we want to talk about, and I don't know, I, I guess it's a good time to get into that, is kind of what we've been. Uh, the, our next thing, and we're obviously not going to stop developing filter. That's still kind of our um, our gem. But there's something that people have been asking for a lot uh, for as long as I've been around. And I think there's a lot of ways to do it, but offering a relay that helps with it is is something that we're interested in. Do you want to talk about no, it? No, go for it. Okay, so we we have basically been developing uh, what I'm calling a Patreon style relay. Um, the idea is that we'll be able to onboard creators who can create uh, tiers of basically subscription amounts that they want to um, paywall any kind of content. That can be uh, journalists, it can be artists, it can be OnlyFans, it can be whatever the users want it to be. Um, so the idea will be we'll onboard creators. We'll provide uh, content and file hosting for our onboarded creators. And then we'll provide a relay where users can come on, subscribe to any number of creators they want, one or many. And their feed that they get in global and in following and whatever else will be only the content that they've subscribed to uh, for the creators that they've subscribed to. So that's the general concept. It basically allows uh, individual subscription relays for users, except with us doing all the hosting. And part of this goes back to onboarding and trying to bring in new, new people into this ecosystem. And so I think one of the things we've seen is there's a lot of artists and, and different people trying to create content in the community. And we really wanted to give them a place where they could get value for value for that. And so this enables them to really have like a clear way to take advantage of the protocol and monetize their their content um, while also trying to, you know, offer them some protection for that content to be um, easily shared um, and kind of just some kind of gatekeeping around that just to, to, to allow them to monetize that. Yeah, some of the struggles right now, and and even if we get a good, which we'll absolutely implement, but even if we get a good like uh, zap paywall protocol level kind of spec, if someone comes up with a good way to do that, you still kind of have the problem where if you host your content on a public image host, once they have that link, it's really out in the wild, right? And so that that's kind of the struggle that everybody deals with. So our idea is to provide the hosting ourselves, then we can do some really granular uh, control on how long individual users have access to what content so that ultimately the link we give you, if you go and put it out on the internet, people won't be able to use it. So it's, it, it, it lets us do a lot of the kind of, uh, creator level protection. It centralizes some of obviously the file hosting and things like that. 
creators are welcome to bring their own file hosting and do whatever they'd like with that, but we can't control the content uh, access if they do that. So that's that's kind of the advantage that we're going to try to um, to bring. What did I miss? I think that's I think that covers it. Are there any questions about kind of that concept? Because that, that's basically been what we're working on. We're pretty close. I don't want to give like a, a, a exact time frame, um, but we we worked on it all day today and we're a few weeks into working on it now. And and most of it is is put together. It's just kind of ironing out the last parts. There's a lot of moving parts actually to make it work well. Uh, I was I was laughing earlier because we have like something like 2000 lines just of back end code for this project and we had never run it. So we ran it for the first time today and it mostly runs. So we're, we're pretty thrilled about that. And then we just need to sort out a couple other things and we'll be uh, we'll be able to launch that. And so one of the things we want to tell you all is that if any of you are content creators of any kind, uh, we don't really care what your content is. There will be kind of different rules depending on what your content is. But if you're a content creator of any kind and you have any type of following, send me a DM and uh, we'll be able to hopefully start onboarding people in the next week or two. And we want to kind of do a small beta initially and and troubleshoot some of the issues because we know there'll be some of those. But uh, once we get this ironed out, you you can expect the same type of uh, performance and reliability that you get from the rest of our relays here too. And yeah, I think that's about all we have to talk about. We can answer questions now. I can look at some of the questions from the threads, but uh, th those are that's kind of the main stuff we have to address. That, that's incredible. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait. Um, I'm curious to see how the, the tiers are going to work for each individual um, uh, content creator and what they're going to think of um, what they're going to think about offering. It's going to be crazy. I can only imagine. I'm already seeing, I've already seen a crazy uh, demand for it. Um, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I, I can see a lot of people benefiting from this. That's amazing. Uh, Tano, do you have anything to say about that specifically? Personally, I have nothing to really add. I'm just really, really excited for the beta, to be honest, and to see what, how I, how I can maybe onboard a lot of like content creators like outside of Nostra and every, everything to, I think that that would be really good as a lot of the people are trying to find a way to express themselves and maybe that could be a great way to do that. Um, Ubi, you has his hand up. Do you want to come up on stage? Uh, give it a, give it a quick second and uh, let's let's go to like the forty five minute uh, mark and then we we could open it up. But I I could bring in questions from. Um, uh from nasser chat if there's any give me one sec um, yeah sure i'll i'll do one other thing as well while you're waiting like one of the advantages kind of that we can offer over those centralized um platforms i think there's a couple advantages right like we're, we're gonna do some centralization on the relay and the content hosting side because it, it is what it is there's no way for us to control the accessibility of it unless we do that and i think that is what creators are looking for they are still free to post as much of their content free for zaps or whatever as they want to but if they want to be behind a subscription it kind of has to be like that but what you get on noster that you don't get in most other places or Noster, I, I've been saying Noster, I think I'm gonna get in trouble. I think I think Noster is preferred these days, but uh, we're big Noster people around here. So um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't throw poop at me, oh my God. Okay, so, uh, but 
uh, where was I? I don't even know what I'm talking. I was talking about anymore. The central. <laughs> so we get what we get is interoperability with clients. That's like the biggest value prop that we get from Nostr. So no matter how you want to consume your content that you subscribe to, uh, you'll have to go on various client and you can create your own client experience that gets you there. Um, so I can imagine like some creators will be more image and video focused. There may be clients that don't even exist yet today or clients that do exist today that are way better for viewing that stream. And because it's just a relay that anybody can use, you'll get that interoperability kind of right out of the box. The second big benefit that we can offer over the centralized platforms is since we don't have to deal with the dirty fiat processing, the secondary kind of zaps that the creator gets beyond the subscription are theirs and theirs alone and get paid directly to them. So there's no need for us to get involved in the secondary payments that are going directly to the content creators, which is a which is a huge additional value, I think, for them, because if if you ask, I, I would assume a lot of these content creators make more money post subscription than just the subscription. So it's kind of a lot of thoughts around those and being able to manage all that and fully customizable to each creator and letting the users get value out of it through the interoperability of clients and being able to use one relay for all the creators you want to subscribe to, no matter what their genre or uh, product is. That's incredible. I have a question here from um, Ethan. So Ethan says, um, what kind of changes do we need to make on the client side to make relay management easy and efficient for relay operators? Also, how should we f index old events? you have any thoughts on this or you want me to start? Well, I think part of this is there's there's been, I know one topic, this is probably really niche, that's come up a lot from clients and relay operators is there is a limitation I think that a lot of relays have on the number of active subscriptions that can take place within a given connection. And I think this is just an opportunity for relay operators and client developers to communicate because if we as relay operators limit that count too much, we start encouraging bad behavior on the client side in terms of chunking or collecting filters to a subscription ID that may not have the same life cycle. And so some of this is, is a push pull. I'll say some of this is about um, relays, understanding appropriate limits as well as, you know, client behavior. So um, I don't want to put all of the, I think, I guess there's, it's, it's a, it's a working relationship on both sides. It's really my comment. Yeah, I would say the the biggest thing they could do is try to be efficient with their requests, obviously. I mean, and I, and I think everyone's trying to do that because it affects client performance too. But uh, there definitely were some early clients that were like very, very absurd about the amount of requests they'd send and keep open. And there's also some clients that seem to open an unbelievable amount of connections um, that we, we've never totally figured out why. Uh, but one of the things actually we can give a little advice to relay operators that that we've implemented uh, is filtered just kicks you off after an hour, you know, and you need to reconnect back. And for most clients, it's it's not a big deal at all because they auto reconnect. And every time you like kind of move to a new page, there's some type of cycle where they, it kicks off those connections again. 
But the reality is it cleans up so many stale connections. Uh, we don't have that many filter users. And there were times where I would see like 10,000 connections to filter. It just doesn't make any sense. And ever since we implemented the uh, timeout restrictions, you know, that number stays around, stays, you know, at a way more reasonable level, basically. So adding timeouts to the life cycle of your WebSockets is not a bad thing. At least we don't view it as a bad thing. And, and most clients aren't on the client for an hour straight without like leaving the app. If you think about like most mobile clients, you're disconnecting from your relays every time you, you tab out of the app. So uh, an hour timeout really affects very few people and mostly controls uh, like leaky connections that haven't been closed. Oh, wow. I've, I've noticed that um, it all having to populate all, all over again and taking some time every time I refresh the app. Yeah, if you yeah. if you leave most of the mobile clients, if you leave and you, they, they drop, they're not working in the background, basically. So that, that's why like people don't have notifications out of the box right now, because uh, most they're not working in the background. So they're connecting back to your relays once you open back up the app. So there's always going to be like kind of an, a little initial delay. OK, that makes sense. Uh, his second question, I believe, was uh, how do uh, how should we index old events? Uh, so that I guess that depends on what your purpose is. So we're using uh, Elasticsearch for search, of course, because we're not trying to reinvent the wheel and they do it so incredibly well. Um, so for search, that's uh, an out of the box solution that's like very easy and supports JSON and there's <laughs> it's not much to make it worse. If you're trying to run a relay, uh, that's a different question. I think he's yeah. asking because he he's actually uh... He has this um this thing I think it's a micro app where he actually stores your um your events like through like he uh, aggregates all the the events that uh, relays hosts I guess and he tries to like save them for you. I'm gonna try to find you the link real quick. Yeah, like a, a backup service. Right? Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. The one thing I know is it's not. I don't believe it's gonna be a one size one size answer for everything. Like if you're building a relay that's specifically for archiving um there's going to be optimizations around indexing that's specific for that i don't know that we've thought specifically about that problem we haven't uh, there will be a time when we're going to have to archive a lot of data and i personally uh, as a data addict don't want to lose it um so we will be thinking about that um but yeah the answer for indexing and storing data really should be optimized based on um the access, use case the yeah. access requirements for that data yeah so um it, it's it's going to look different for some a relay that's trying to operate as an archive relay versus a, a relay that's trying to operate as you know a source for live events um yeah that's really the only answer i have yeah we haven't done a ton of additional archiving outside of our relays because one of the nice things about the way we've set up uh nostra.wine is it's already, it, there's we already have regional mirror relays and they all mirror the content. So we would need a, a multi-regional, multi-provider, multi-ISP failure in order to really be unable to access the, the events that are on Notion.line. Long-term, I don't think we've really thought about data retention that much. Uh, we've talked about it as a known eventual problem. Um, that once we start struggling with you know the ability our indexes are too big or our space is out of control we just haven't hit 
any of those bottlenecks and our priorities are really to build new new solutions at this point but that will be something that we eventually hit a wall on and we'll have to solve for yeah if we if we ever get to the point and like i said that we're we're really using a small percentage of the kind of the network and the pipeline we've set up right now so I think we have a long ways to go before we have to worry about that, especially in the spam filtered world, because I think as most of you know, you know, 90% of the events that cir were circulating around uh, Noster, did I say that right, were um, spam, you know. So uh, now that most relays are, are handling those, or most of the large relays are handling the spam extremely well these days, um, to be fair, it's very simple to handle. We think that challenge will, will get more challenging. But thankfully, because of that, uh, the, the, the flow of data is, is very much under control right now uh, on the network. So if we ever do need to do something about data retention, we will make your events available to our our paid users before we do anything. Obviously, we, we won't just make your events disappear overnight. All right, I believe Tano, you had a question. Yeah, this is from Nostrojet.io uh, from Bill Mondro. Um, the question is, are the current prices sustainable to pay you for your time and infrastructure costs? And would that change significantly if you had a lot more users? Um, yeah, that's a good question. And we definitely don't have all the answers. And for now, our infrastructure costs are, are certainly controlled. Our, our time is nowhere near paid and, and we're okay with that. We're kind of investing in the future of this network at this, at this time. Um, but uh, we don't really know exactly how the future is going to look like. And because of the very um, kind of generous time discounts we gave for filter, uh, we do have a lot of users uh, who will be around for at least two years. So we're going to be supporting those users um, and we're going to find a way to make it work. Uh, we might have to raise prices later on, but we're not going to do it for anybody who's paid for time. You know, So anything that we implement will be backwards compatible, so to speak. Yeah, and I would say part of part of the, the goal too is that we, we want to understand what products we can offer that are beneficial for the community as a whole like welcome is something that's free and we don't have any plans of yeah we don't want to we don't want to restrict that. access we to things that like that that's something that's just beneficial for everybody um and we want to provide value like with this new solution that we're working on where there's there's added value and and something that we can we can use to try to make this more sustainable as well so i, I think we're still playing around with with different ideas for how to make it sustainable. And, and we're going to try to, you know, pick the, we're, we're, we're going to not try to charge for things that we don't have to and try to figure out how to make it, you know, make it work long-term. But our goal is to, to be here for a while and to continue to be able to innovate. Sounds good. Um, all right, so I have another one for you guys. Uh, I have one from Owen. He says, when you initially set up the relay, was it always the plan to turn it on, to turn it into a potentially profitable service, or was it a temporary experiment? Yeah, so I mean, I think I covered it a little bit in the intro, but basically I, I did start with a public relay and then and kind of turned to the paid one as a spam filter and like an experiment in will this be sustainable? So, uh, I think I, I potentially profitable is certainly the right word, just to be clear. 
but I think I bought like the first 200 basically users of Nostra.Wines access anyway, as a, as a kind of a promotional thing. So, um, but I, 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 I do think the paid relay model uh, is, makes more sense to me uh, personally as like an, as an operator, I, I like to build something that at least is going to cover its own costs. And I'd like to be able to, as, as I kind of, I had a thread recently that got some attention, some negative attention from inside um, the household. But about me being a bit of a binger uh, when it comes to activities and topics. And, you know, I'm kind of binging this right now. And so one of the things that you kind of get with Noster.wine is um, my insane attention on it as well, because that's just basically what I'm what I'm obsessed with. So uh, the, the performance and reliability is is in part what you get from me never looking away from status pages and and seeing every email that comes in within 30 seconds, you know, so that and that that's kind of one of the benefits you get. And I want to be clear, we, we do. You mentioned we, we support a few other non Noster uh, projects and Mazin's uh, response times to support is uh, pretty <laughs> unprecedented, even on <laughs> even when he's not actively pinching. So um, that's something that I think is really special. Is, uh, is I will answer your support <laughs> request in a timely fashion. That is um, that is one of my things. I don't if if I've received it, it doesn't matter what time it is. I'm going to answer it, and I can't really focus on anything else until I've answered it. That's the truth. I've, I've experienced this firsthand myself. It's amazing. Like literally I just ask a question and boom, there you are. I fucking love it. It's the best tech support on Nostra for real. Oh my God. Uh, all right. So do you guys, would you like, um, like to open it up uh, to live Q and A? Yeah, let's, yeah do let's do it. All right. Um, audience members, if you'd like, you can raise your hand and this is the time to ask uh, Mazin and Katie, um, any questions you like. Yes, don't be shy. Yeah, we saw that before. There was a couple of people with their hands up, but um, right now they seem to be down. Uh, we'll give you guys a, a little second. All right, we have CT. Come up, CT. Everyone else, uh, yeah, just raise your hand and we'll bring you up. CT, you're up. Uh, yeah, can you hear me? Yep. Yes. All right, cool, cool. What's going on, guys? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I've been uh, I'm real new to the space. I'm just I'm learning everything I possibly can. I just opened up uh, one of my own paid re 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 uh, relays, and uh, I'm trying to basically do the same thing, cut out the spam and make something that's sustainable, you know? So I'm just trying to get in your spaces and learn as much as I can. I appreciate everything y'all are doing. Yeah, uh, appreciate it. We're we're just kind of out here trying to figure it out ourselves. We don't we don't want to really. It's like one of the things that people always ask me all these absolute questions about the Nostra. We don't really have any of the answers either. So we're just kind of yeah. put some guesses. And do you have any like specific questions? No, not really. I'm just learning, man. I just want to introduce myself and say hello. I'm gonna be around. You'll be seeing me. So I'm just gonna introduce myself mainly. <laughs> nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, pleasure to meet y'all too. Nice to meet you, CT. So, nice to meet you, CT. All right. Well, yeah. Other than that, y'all have a great night. And uh, I'm going to get back to it. Have a good night, brother. Good you night. too. Good night, buddy. 
Anybody in the audience have any questions? I'll bring you up right now. Let me see. Uh, while that's happening, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, so how did you find Nostra and uh, what's your favorite thing about Nostra? Uh, I found it, honestly, I don't, I don't know, but probably Fiat Jaff, something on Twitter probably is, is where I first heard about it. And uh, I'm, I don't know, I'm not a huge social media guy. I guess that's not, it's not going to be a super popular opinion around here, but like, it's not, I, I mean, I have a Twitter account and I was mostly a lurker. I've posted very little and uh, I, what interested me in Nostra is basically the protocol and, and kind of the open nature of it, how simple it is and how easy it is to build on. And, and uh I just don't think any of the other solutions are very compelling right now. And so actually one of the things that made me snap actually, and really moved to Nasser was the, when they re-rolled out the for you tab on Twitter, but you weren't at least on iOS, you could not save it to go back to your following every time. So every time you open the app, it gave you this like absurd sponsored feed that had nothing to do with the content that I wanted. And that was like, that was about it for me. Uh, all I really ever wanted from Twitter was to see the content of the people that I was following in chronological order. And finally, with Nasser, there's a way for all of us to have whatever experience it is that we want. And so th that's really what we're going for with filter. I, the, the follows plus follows filter that we put on is my dream of what a global should be like. It's not everybody's dream, but it was my dream. So we made it and we use it and we love it. So it's that's I guess that's really what pushed me over the edge. It was it was having somebody else's algorithm that had nothing to do with who I had said I wanted to see content with shoved in my face. And I would say for me, um one of the really exciting things about the protocol is that I get to build backend products and not have to write any front end code. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And so, um, and I've just spent the last week writing front end code. I'm I just like unbelievably like, miserable and I can't design anything. It all looks <laughs> terrible. So sorry in advance, but it, it will be, it will be functional because the backend code is good, but, uh, that's why we love, uh, Nostra clients because you guys get to do all that, that work for all us. All the hard work. Yeah. And we get to, I mean, what's really awesome is that we were on, we get to play around with it. We get to say, Hey, you know what? It'd be nice if we had X, Y, Z, and then we get to just make X, Y, Z. And so it's, um, we should, we should share the, the true origin story of us wanting to build something on Nostra. Cause I, I kind of forgot to do that because it, it's a perfect illustration, right? We were we're sitting here with that Nostra.wine paid relay in its early days, and I'm I'm buying subscription or I'm buying a pay, admission fees for everybody right and left, and I'm like, how can we get some content on this network that's like unique? So we came up with the with an idea that I know people like Fiat Jaff hate, but we were like, why don't we just make something that you know Instagram creators can just like one click log into and repost their stuff to Nostr. And then maybe if they get enough engagement Nostr. on Nostr, sorry. And maybe if they get enough engagement, they'll stick around. So we like set out to do this. We were like, this is a fun like afternoon project. It should be really easy. We and we like started building it. We got like halfway into it. And I, I just started researching like the API docs and stuff for Facebook. 
and then I and then I saw all the requirements, and it's like you have to submit videos of your working application and all this stuff after you've already spent all the time building it, and maybe they'll approve your access after. It's it's really a ridiculous process that that made us instantly not want to build there. So um, that's that's really the beauty of Nasser is that if you want to build something, you just hop in and build it. You don't ask anybody. Uh, you just start. Yeah, I think, and and we get instant feedback on what it is that's successful. So filter was something we wanted. Um, I think it was at the end of that weekend after we had kind of been. <laughs> you know, working on this product that we threw away, uh, that we said, oh, we can build this. This is really great. And we worked on it and we got it out uh, in a couple of days. And and it's you can just build it, put it out there and get instant feedback on, you know, whether other people want that too. And I think that that ability to quickly iterate and also to just not only decentralize the network, but we get to decentralize some of the work that's being done. It's really exciting. We get the benefit of everything that everybody else is working on while we get to work on you know components of that too so it's it's energizing yeah we love building stuff for for end users you know um katie does a lot of building for businesses in her work and it's a lot less fun you know being able to get the instant feedback from users is so much and fun. and and like praise when you do something nice uh you know most businesses don't really thank you for doing a good job they just yell at you when you do something wrong. So it, we've really, really appreciated the community feedback and it's it's definitely helped drive the development of Filter. That's incredible, man. Uh, we have Sergio. Um, if, yeah, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Awesome, awesome. I am the end user. I, <laughs> I actually, I've never been on Twitter. I signed up for Twitter, but I never used it. I never found interest in it. I abandoned social media for like five years, found Noster, and I was like, this is amazing. This is not anything I've ever experienced before. So I'm like really excited to basically spread the gospel, you know, like trying to get people in here and just telling them what it's about. And I really appreciate all you guys uh, putting in the hard work as the devs, and just the coders. You know, I don't have any experience doing that. I'm just a simple pleb. I'm a bartender by trade. Uh, like I said, I'm just the the end user. And I think you know, just everybody accepting me and with, with open arms and just like the whole culture and being able to, uh, you know, just take people in and show them what it's about. I think it's really powerful. And I think you guys are doing a great job and anything that I can do to help, you know, just let me know, you know, I'm, I'm here to basically piggyback on you guys' coattails. <laughs> Yeah, we we appreciate it. I mean, we we really wouldn't have been able to spread our product very much if it wasn't for basically a handful of our early users being really loud about it. So uh, we really appreciate it. It's, it's yeah, I mean, like I I just haven't experienced anything like this before. You know, most of the the Bitcoin space is very much uh, one sided, where you you just listen to things and you're being uh, talked at basically. And you know, with the social media platform, you have this interaction where where you can actually put your input in and, and be listened to and kind of and learn from people, not just not just kind of absorb the information that's already out there, but you can ask questions that maybe, you know, you can't find the answers to that are that are out in the, the ecosystem at the moment, you know. Uh, so I'm always learning things. And uh, I really just appreciate you guys for even just let me, you know, up here and, and talk to you guys. Thanks. We appreciate you. Yeah. And if you I appreciate you guys feedback like we said we're building things that kind of we identify as things that are frustrating to us but if there's if there's 
feedback at any point, um, we'd love to hear it. Because absolutely, our goal is really to make it user driven, and not every user is us. And so we want to make sure it supports, you know. Yeah, and I'm playing around with all the clients. Uh, I'm an Android user, so I've really landed on Amethyst. Um, because I just I love this interface, but I, I use uh, Current, Iris, Plebster. I, I mess around with all of them, you know. Yeah, I've pretty much used every client. I think I even bought an Android phone so that I could. Uh, <laughs> no kidding. Them, so. <laughs> That's awesome. I want to be able to test our stuff. You know, I gotta have. To yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate it. I have to go to dinner, but it was good talking to you guys. Have a good night. Good Take night. it easy. Thank you, Sergio. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sergio. Good night, buddy. Good night, man. And let me see who else. We had somebody else, but their hand just went down. Anybody else? Renegade, you had your hand up before. Or, uh, do you still have a question? He he went down to the stage. I mean, to the audience. I don't. I'm pretty sure he. I don't know. Do you want to come up, um, Renegade? Just put your hand up if you like. Let me see. There you go. He is perfect. All right, Renegade, the stage is yours. Hey, man. Sorry. Just wanted to pop in quick. And I'm just prepping everything because we're coming up here next on stage. So I, I didn't want to take up everybody's time. But I was just curious uh, before you guys pop off if uh, if you wanted to at all kind of give a really quick rundown for somebody who's new to uh, the idea of like Noster.wine if they've signed up. I know you guys offer a monthly subscription other than the paid relay for like filtering and things like that. If, if there was like a really quick breakdown for somebody who has really no idea what uh, the, the real advantages of that would be and, uh, you know, if it'd be worth paying a monthly uh, for for a filter and what benefits there are of that. Yeah, sure. I'll give you the two minute pitch because that's what we have. Um, basically, Nostradamine is just a normal paid relay. It, it's it's pretty high performance, if I may say so myself. But outside of that, it's just a normal paid relay. And what we mean by that is it's it's pay to write, uh, not pay to read. So anybody can read from it publicly, but only people who have paid that 1888 admission fee uh, can write to it. And there's no subscription right now for Nostradamine. We have no plans to add one. Um, so once you pay to that one, you get right access there. The nice thing about that is it's a very popular relay. So you kind of get your content discovered by a lot of people who are reading this chat wine. And it, it's basically completely spam free because people aren't willing to pay. I've banned exactly one spammer, just like repetitive spammer. And it was like in, uh, I think mid February and there it hasn't been a single other person who's paid and spammed like repetitive spam. So. That's what you kind of get from Nestle.wine. Filter is this kind of totally different product. A lot of people are always confused that, that they're involved somehow, but they're completely separate. The goal with Filter is, is to help bridge the gap between private and paid relays. So Filter aggregates from a bunch of big public relays. And you can read the specifics at filter.nestle.wine or at docs.nestle.wine. We have kind of two different docs right now because I'm a mess. but uh, there's about 12 relays, I think, that we aggregate from and broadcast to, and that number goes up and down based on reliability, basically. And so what you get from filter is you get deduplicated events that are spam filtered, and then you can also add on it a follows plus follows filter for your global. So we offer basically optional user configurability for your global feed. 
so that your global feed, for example, if you use the default settings on filter, will only show users who either you follow or users that your followers follow. And, and we have an extra parameter that you can add to switch that to just a completely uh, unfiltered global besides we get rid of the repetitive spam. So what you get basically is one, you get 12 relays in one. That's like the easiest way to think about it. Um, and it, and it's, it's much faster than using 12 public relays. And I would say the benefit too, if you've ever experienced turning off all relays other than your paid relays is, is really when you start clicking into those threads, um, you're going to see pretty much all of the details within those threads. Um, even if they're not within your follows, a follows net, which is really valuable. Amazing guys. Incredible. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Mazin, Katie, uh, this has been amazing. You guys made this hour fly by with all of this incredible knowledge. I'm so grateful to have you guys here. This has been amazing. I can't wait to, guys, to have you guys back. And I wish you the best of luck with wine. Um, you guys are going to do incredible things. I just know it. Uh, by the looks of it, I'm going to forever be a... Um, a client of you. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why I just called myself a client, but I'll forever be a, a, a plebe that uses your service. Thank you so much. Thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. us. We enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you guys. Love you guys. Peace. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me actually.